going to be going through a very familiar story. It is the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. We're not going to talk about the entire story. We're going to focus on just that part where he talks about being the resurrection and the life um, to Martha. And we're going to look just briefly at what this really means when he says that. Um, We all know, yes, Jesus, he resurrected and gives us resurrection life, but what does resurrection life mean? So that's our focus today. So listen now as I read from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. How like Mary, huh? Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha replied to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. The word of the Lord. Well, Lazarus had been sick for a while. Jesus was in Jerusalem teaching, and they had sent word to him about Lazarus. And he kind of took the word in and said, Well, wait. And of course, in the course of waiting, Lazarus died. Now, the point of saying that Bethany was near Jerusalem is the fact it was only two miles. They could have walked it very easily, but they took their time walking from Jerusalem to Bethany. Jesus was in no hurry to get there, which appeared to a lot of the people that he just didn't care. It seemed very indifferent to this news that his friend was sick and dying, and here he is just kind of going, oh, we'll get there when we get there. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry. Um, When he arrives, he's greeted by Martha, and her first words are to chastise him. He said, Lord, if you'd been here, he never would have died. You know, if you had come when we called you, we wouldn't be standing here at this moment um, at his gravesite. So Martha is a little perturbed. 
at Jesus. And I think we can all take heart from Martha because we've all had times when we're a little perturbed with God because he didn't move the way we wanted him to move or move as fast as we wanted him to move. So we can't really come down on Martha for chastising him. Um, We all probably would have felt the same way in this situation. But instead, he uses this opportunity. He said, it was for the glory of God that I waited. It was because I wanted to show you the glory of God. And we see here that Jesus had a purpose for delaying. It was not through indifference. It was not that he didn't care about Lazarus. He cared very deeply for Lazarus. But he had a point to make. Now, remember last week I said that after what happened last week with the Pharisees, his teaching began to change and was less about, I am the Messiah, and more about, I am your hope for eternity. So this is the first time he really comes out and says, I'm all about eternity. So we see that shift beginning to occur at this point. Now, Martha, when Jesus tells her that Lazarus will rise again, responds in a very well-educated way, saying, I know he will rise on the last day with the resurrection of the dead. Now, the Pharisees had read the law, and they believed that eventually the world would come to an end, and that the dead would be raised, and they would stand judgment before God. That is what they believed. And so Martha very wisely says, yes, I believe he'll rise on the last day, along with everybody else. Um, It was a very safe answer. It doesn't tell us whether she really believed he would be raised. Um, Of those of you here who have lost a loved one, if someone were to ask you, do you believe they will live again, a lot of you would say, oh, yes, But in your heart, you may be saying, I'm not so sure. And so I think Martha, she was giving a very well-thought-out answer. It was very safe, but not necessarily what she really felt at that time. And Jesus uses this. He he sees this, and he uses her, her unbelief, her shakiness, to teach them a lesson about eternity. And he speaks out very forcefully, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes on me, though he shall die, he will live. And those, there are those who will never die. Well, this was, this was totally different from any teaching they had received from the Pharisees. And... Jesus was talking about the fact that he was divine, that he was the author of life. Hence the, I am the life. It is from me that life comes, 
and it is from me that eternal life comes. But he's making the point to them, again, that he is in control of everything, even death. And he talks about the fact that if they will just believe in him, that he will give them resurrection life or eternal life. Well, when we think of resurrection life or eternal life, we tend to think of somewhere in the long, distant future. After we've passed on, we anticipate that we will meet him and go home to live with him forever. That's how we read eternal life. But the words, the tense of the words that Jesus used was, I am now the resurrection and I shall be the resurrection. He was telling them that you don't have to wait to die to experience resurrection life. And a lot of us, we don't experience resurrection life. We still live in the far distant future when we anticipate we will go to meet the Lord. But what Jesus was saying, I'm going to give you life, not only physical life, but spiritual life. I will lift you up, and you will no longer be spiritually dead. I am going to lift you up so that you can live with God right now, in the present. And I'm the only one that can do that for you. Because I am God. That sums up that whole statement, I am the resurrection. Um, His whole message throughout his ministry really reverberates with this theme that we can live in God's kingdom right now. It's not just something, you know, pie in the sky, by and by. It's something that we can have right now. Jesus said, I came that you might have life abundantly. He wanted to open people's eyes to the fact that God was among them now. God was here and that they could live with God every day of their lives, even after they died. And that's kind of a post-thought of this whole passage. He was encouraging them, you know, look up. Look up. Look beyond your little shadow box that you've put yourself in and begin to experience the power of the resurrection now. You are spiritually dead. You cannot see the working of the Spirit But I want to make you spiritually alive. I want you to experience me and to be with me. Even though someday you're going to physically die, I want you to be with me now. Now. Well, he asks Martha if she believes him. And Martha gives him a very safe answer. She says, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Son of God. 
the Messiah. Doesn't say anything at all about believing in resurrection. Okay, she doesn't say anything about believing what he just said to them. She was very safe. Yes, I believe you're the Messiah. Now, Jesus doesn't really call her on that. He does go on to talk more about eternal life and life after death. But Martha, like all of us, is still going, I don't really believe in this life after death thing. I don't really believe that Lazarus is going to come back. It's never been done. It can't be done. It violates the laws of nature. I can't believe this. And she doesn't come out and say that, but she as much as says it by her answer. She doesn't want to offend Jesus, so she says, yes, you're the Messiah. I believe that. I believe what you've been saying all along up until now. And the unspoken is, but I don't know about this new stuff. I'm not sure. Well, I think that's like a lot of us. We hold on to what we know is true. We stand at a graveside and we weep for the person that is lost. And deep in our hearts, we don't believe we're ever going to see him again. I mean, after all, there they are, in the ground, buried with dirt. They're not coming back. And there are people who will keep going to the gravesite over and over and sit there. There was a lady in the grief group that I was a member of that she went to the gravesite of her husband every morning and stayed there until dark so that she could be with him. Because in her mind, he was in that grave. He was still there. And so she could be with him by sitting there all day, every day. This is the belief of the hopeless. And Jesus didn't want us to be hopeless. He didn't want Mary and Martha to be hopeless. He wanted them to believe that Lazarus really was going to live again. If we skip ahead to the crucifixion, we look at the conversation between Jesus and the condemned criminal who had been hurling insults at him and, you know, making comments as, well, you saved others, can't you save yourself? You know, what's wrong with you? But in the end, he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Verily I say, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus knew the man was going to die that very day, but he gave him the hope and the promise that he would be in paradise with Jesus before that day was over. 
And that's what we as believers, we need to sink that, let that sink in. We need to let that permeate our thinking about life and death. Every one of us in this room more than likely is going to die someday. I don't think the rapture is going to come immediately. Um, We're all going to face death. We're all going to face the death of our loved ones. And we need to hold on to that hope that they're not in that hole in the ground or that niche in the columbarium. They're in heaven. That when they stepped out of their body, they went to be with the Lord. And we need to believe that. And we need to be able to tell others, I believe that. So we look at his statement that I am the resurrection. These words, like I said, were foreign to the ears of the people that heard it. The Pharisees, they taught, like I said, they taught there would be a resurrection of the dead, but it was merely they were going to rise and be judged, and they were going to have to pay for what they had done in this life. But that was the extent of it. When they died, they just kind of laid there in the ground and rotted until the last day came. There was no belief that they went directly to heaven. There was no belief that there was really any life after the judgment. That was it. It was pretty final as far as they were concerned. So these words are revolutionary words spoken to their ears. And Jesus does spend, if you go on through this passage in John, he spends quite a bit of time talking about what he means about eternal life. It's life without end. Death is just a step. It's just stepping over to the next phase. It's just stepping out of this old body and going to live with him. And I want you all to really take that in. Really hold on to that hope. Because that's what Jesus is. He is our hope. And that is what resurrection life is all about. Knowing that whether we live or we die, we are always with him. That we will never be separated from him. Never. And that is what eternal life is all about. And so... I encourage you all to work on this a little bit. It's, it's not something that comes easily, but think about those of your loved ones that have gone before you. Say to yourself, they're in heaven right now with the Lord. They're not buried somewhere, but they're in heaven. They, they are continuing their journey, the journey that I'm a part of. Tell yourself this over and over again. I know for me, that is one of the things that sustains me in my husband's death, is that I know that he merely stepped from this life into the next. I know that he is in heaven with Jesus. He is one of the saints that look down and watch over us, as are your loved ones. 
work on making that a part of your being. Amen.